I need a little more time after a song like that. Sometimes, and it's true, there are songs that aren't as good as hymns, and there are hymns that aren't as good as uh, worship songs or praise songs as we call them. But that song is one of the great hymns of all time. Hymn, song, praise song. So much truth in that and deep theology it do us well to sing that at the beginning of every day and reflect upon its words. If it all reveals your nature, so will I. That's kind of what this message is about. If it all reveals your nature, so will I. We're in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, as we continue our series in my favorite Proverbs. And next week, I'm going to unveil my favorite Proverbs, First Fruits Wisdom Edition. <laughs> we'll be looking at some Proverbs as we, uh, as we think about first fruits in the month of November, and we set aside the third Sunday. Um, the Sunday before, I should say the third Sunday, I should say the Sunday before Thanksgiving, which this November is the 21st. When we set that Sunday aside, calling it First Fruits Sunday, it's a day in which we celebrate what God has done for us. By the way, that's something we ought to be doing every day, throughout the day. And, uh, but we... That's a first fruits where we recognize the fact that we want to give God our first and our best because he's given his first and best to us. So that's uh, coming in November. We're going to look at some very cool proverbs. Is there such a thing as a cool proverb? Well, yes, in my estimation. Proverbs 18, chapter 18, verse 24. A man of many companions. And of course, we understand in this translation, a man is a human being, uh, as is a child, a college-age student, woman. We're all, in this case, included. Any one of us, uh, a person of many companions, many acquaintances, associates, colleagues, co-workers, teammates, right? You get the idea? May come to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So I want to ask you a question. Take it seriously. Do you have a friend? And if you do, what makes your friend a friend? What makes your friend a friend? Well, we should pause here and give you time to think about that, but I don't have the time to give, so you'll have to reflect upon that further on your own. But what I want to point out is the word friend is a slippery word. Victor Hugo, you know, Les Miserables, and uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame and other great writings. Victor Hugo wrote... Friend is sometimes a word devoid of meaning. Devoid, meaning empty. Empty of meaning. Enemy? Never. Did you get that? 
Sometimes the word friend is devoid of meaning, but enemy, never. Friend can mean anyone from someone you just met. Like, hey, bring my friend a drink. And they just met. Hey, bring my friend here a drink. To, you mess with him and you mess with me. Or you mess with her and you mess with me. Both can be friends. It can go from, like that first saying, uh, hey, bring my friend here, a drink. Which means, he's not so much my friend as much as I'm the friend of everybody. Or, if you mess with her, you mess with me. Meaning, my friend and I are as one. We are like one and the same. So the word friend often needs an extra word. And we use extra words. We say things like true friend, real friend, good friend, to describe a BFF. That's not a word I use very often. But it gets thrown around quite a bit, or it did, on social media. Best friend forever. Maybe that's more of a wish than a description. But a BFF needs a little help too. I think we all, I think we all seek a good friend, a true friend a real friend, a BFF. Everybody wants a friend like that in their lives. A friend who sticks up for us. A friend who sticks up for us, believes the best about us. As you think about that friend you said you had, and I asked you what makes your friend a friend, Think about that friend as I'm talking about the friend that I think we all would like. Certainly, this is a friend I would want, a friend that I need. Someone who sticks up for us and believes the best about us. A friend that won't chime in with gossip if someone badmouths us. Just to be accepted in that circle of naysayers. A friend who understands and shares our feelings, who can identify with us in our feelings. A friend who will laugh with us. I used to tell Shelley things that I thought were hilarious. And uh, I would like, don't you think that's funny? And she would say, I do. I'm laughing inside. But, it, you know, it didn't show up. <laughs> She's much better now. She has a very open laugh. <laughs> yeah, a friend who will laugh with us. And then a friend who will cry with us. A lot of times, we don't like to show emotion because we don't trust the people around us to respect that that emotion that we're expressing. 
That's how vulnerable we feel. So we put up defenses. Is that true of you? You know, you go into a small group or something or a setting, even among, um, truly, um, among brothers and sisters in Christ. And we can't be true or honest or ourselves because we don't feel safe. We don't, we don't, we don't think that that other person would respect our sadness or our joy. I want a friend that I don't have to be fake around because they feel with me. That's not a huge leap, is it? Do we need a medal for that? And besides empathy, we need a friend who will extend grace. You know, that give. Is there any give there? We need that. You know, so if we have a little misstep, that's a little give, right? And with friends, missteps are okay. It's, it's not like, that. we're finished. I'm watching you like a hawk. Any mistakes? <laughs> Sorry. Not good enough for me, or I don't have any patience with you. I don't think you're good enough anymore. Even if we do the same things, which is what we call a hypocrite. And we need a friend who brings out the best in us, not the worst. You know, someone who calls us to good things inspires us, lifts our, our sights, you know? Get, hey, let's, why don't we both look at something better and more beautiful that we can aspire to, that we believe in? Do you realize what diverse kinds of people from diverse kinds of backgrounds have been united, brought together because they've been inspired by something that they're all striving toward. They set their eyes and hearts on that. The greatest institution in history does just that. It's called the church. That's all we want out of a friend. Someone to bring out the best in us who wants to see the best for us and even inspires us to become better versions of ourselves. I didn't have this in my notes, but as I'm talking to you, it just occurred to me that the church really ought to be the best of friends. It doesn't mean we're all going to see everything eye to eye, but... We've got more in common. We've got our eyes on something greater, something bigger, something more beautiful than any one of us could ever aspire to or be on our own. And it causes us to unite. As a kid, I'd, I'd complain that I didn't have any friends. You know, Mom, I don't have any friends. <laughs> and mom would console me. 
and say, you know, mothers are great for that, aren't they? And she would console me and she would say, John, to have a friend, be a friend. That's pretty good advice. There's a lot of wisdom there. Want a friend? Be a friend. Yeah, just go out there and be a friend. There's a lot of wisdom in that. You know what you're looking for in a friend? Well, be that. Yeah, be that. Do you like a, a, do you like a friend to be courteous? Be courteous. Do you like a friend to be friendly? Be friendly. Do you like a friend to smile? Smile. Do you like a friend to tell good jokes? Tell good jokes. See, being a friend isn't that hard. We just have to aspire to what we find in Jesus Christ, who is a friend of friends. But I'm getting ahead of myself because this proverb was written to, as it were, address a true many years before Christ came into the world. But it's still wisdom. Be the friend we all seek. Get wisdom. Be the friend we all seek. I think there is a lot of unity in that. I think that's what draws us to Jesus Christ in the first place. Because we have no friend like Jesus. I want to talk about the quality of a friend, and then I want to talk about the request of a friend. In Proverbs 18.24, as I said, a person of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Our proverb draws a clear contrast between quantity and quality. You notice that? Many. Many friends, many companions, many acquaintances. But there is a friend, one friend, who sticks closer than a relative, closer than a sister, closer than a brother. Wait, in other words, that bond that we have because we're of the same birth mother is a bond between two people. They don't have to be of the same birth mother. But they stick closer than a sister or a brother. Our proverb in drawing this clear contrast is saying that we can be that one. We can be that one. It's easy to be the many. Yeah, it is easier to be the many. But to be that one, that's a life-changing thing. I was at a wedding that I had presided. You know, I didn't want to say, um, like I've heard pastors say, I married them, which sounds a little strange, especially in this day and age when those kinds of things can be misunderstood. I, yeah, I married them. That is, I performed the ceremony of a couple, and at the wedding, the best man who happened to be the groom's brother, 
uh, the best man stood up and said to friends, you know, the toast, to friends who are like family, and to family who are like friends. I thought that was such a beautiful thing. I, I made a mental note of it. I've never forgotten that. I've reflected upon that. I wanted to be in a wedding, be the best man, so I could say that at a reception. Because I think that is such a beautiful thing. I think that's what we all want. We want family as close as friends. How many of us are suffering, even maybe this morning, because of the dissension and the heartbreak in a family? And I'm not talking about the loss, although that's of a different nature and source, but I'm talking about anger and hatred. I I wouldn't ask you to raise your hands, but it would be an interesting question if we could be that honest. Because I think it would be telling to realize that in many of our families, many of our families, we are not as close as friends. Husbands and wives, is your wife as close as a friend? Or is your husband as close as a friend to you? Dear wives. Or to friends. Do we have friends that aren't as close as family? Or that we don't consider as dependable as family? Our proverb is not only defining a real friend like family, like brother or sister. Our proverb is offering us an alternative to be the one. To be the friend we all seek. Just as today the word friend in Hebrew needs some specification, uh, just as today the word friend in English needs some specification, it did in Hebrew as well. In other words, people don't change. They use the word friend rather loosely. Or they aren't strict, like we know what a friend is. A friend is all these things. So anytime you use a friend, it identifies that. Now, we use a friend very in a relaxed way. We have to define a friend within context, in situation, if you will. We know the friends. We know a friend when we see it kind of thing. In Exodus 33:11, but let's look at the word companion, okay? Many companions. And the situation there in that first line of verse 24 is that even though you're popular, that's what it's talking about. You got many friends, acquaintances, co-workers, everybody loves you, you're popular. How many friends do you have on Facebook or Instagram? That's what they call them, friends, right? But are they friends? You have many friends. We are that person in the first line. We have many friends, many companions, many... But it's... We're going to face ruin. We're going to suffer ruin all the same. In other words, a friend is a hedge against ruin. A friend will keep you from being a fool. 
if they're a true friend. See how i got to add the word true? Or a real friend, or a good friend. Isn't that what we think when we, we save someone from themselves, as we put it? That's a friend. You could have thousands of friends. Notice those scare quotes. It's Halloween. You can have thousands. At one time on Facebook, I had 2,000 friends. 2,000! That's meaningless. Absolutely meaningless. That's why we need to define companions. The word is in Hebrew is rea, rea, friend, associate, companion. Here it just means many friends like we would find on Facebook, but yet this same word can be used in Exodus 33.11. The Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, his rea, his rea. So, just like us, friend can mean one thing in one place and one thing in another. Here, it's defined as someone who sticks closer than a brother. And then the word that's translated friend in the second line is ohave, ohave. And we find that in Isaiah 41.8 where the Lord speaks of his servant Abraham Abraham, my ohave, my friend. So, a friend sticks by us in difficulties, is a positive influence, speaks the truth in love, and all those other things we've talked about. But what about the request of a friend? For that, let's look at the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 12 through 15. He's been closest to these, they call them disciples, these people that follow him around. You can't get rid of them. And they go through thick and thin together. And when they're on their way to Jerusalem, Jesus drops the bomb. You know, they're so excited to be going to Jerusalem. To be going to Jerusalem with Jesus? I mean, the miracles? The incredible stuff they've experienced? Surely, just as they said, we read it in Mark 10 and the other synoptic gospels, you know, when we get to Jerusalem, uh, can I sit on your right hand? Like, man, I'm so excited. We were just lowly people. Nobody's, in a sense, outside of our little pool or circle. And now Jesus has called us, us, us nobodies. Now we're somebodies. We're going to Jerusalem, and then he drops that bomb. When I get there, I'm going to be rejected. No, they aren't going to sweep me up on their shoulders and march me around the city. It'll look great going in, but they're going to reject me. They're going to convict me. They're going to kill me. 
devastating news. So in the upper room, they're there. They're in Jerusalem. They're celebrating the Passover. They're in the upper room. And Jesus is teaching them some things. He says, this is my commandment. So, famous last words, I'm in a medical bed, and my wife comes, and my kids come. I have a famous uh, thing I want to say, one last thing, something that will outlive me, something that I want to be taken seriously and valued. You know, not like you just leave the hospital room and, oh, Dad, he says the dumbest little things, you know. That was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, forget it. This is Jesus. This is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Now see, you just love one another. We get lost right there because love can mean anything. I mean, it's one of those, it's just like friend. It's a sloppy word unless there's a context. Jesus adds his own context, as I have loved you. There are no excuses, you see. No excuses. As soon as he adds those, as I have loved you. We're here this morning, presumably, because I have loved you. I could never love you enough to get you here to keep you here, to put up with me for 21 years. I am not a fool. You're here because Jesus has loved you. And now he tells his disciples, my command is that you love one another as I have loved you. That's a primary order. It's not... Oh, where was that command? Can't seem to find it. Ah. This is the commandment. This is it. If, if this makes you squirm, I'm so glad because I squirm too. This is a hard word from the Lord. The saving grace of this command is what he says next, as I have loved you. Greater love, he says, has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You see, here's the quality of a friend's love. What, what's the quality that we were talking about? How deep does it go? How wide is it? How rich is it? Is it cheap? My mom used to say, cheap means of poor quality. Inexpensive means of low cost. We, we disregard that distinction I've found today. This love isn't cheap if, it's, if you're willing to trade your life for the life of another. He says, you are my friends. If you do what I command you, that's in verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. What did he command? 
It isn't what he commands all the time. He's a commanding figure. When he talks, people listen. I listen. You listen. Everything that comes out of his mouth is kind of a, I told you so. Right? But this command is the commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. You are my friends if you do that. That's what he's saying in verse 14. You are my friends if you do that. Because friends, get this, if we're looking for definitions of friends, friends love one another. If there's any meaning to the word love, friends love one another. But Jesus has raised the bar because his life is the standard. His love is the standard. And when he talks about someone laying down their lives, well, he is on the cusp of laying down his life for these friends. That's called putting it on the line. So he says, no longer do I call you slaves. He never called them slaves. We like to use the word servants because slave makes our skin crawl because a slave, and in the Roman Empire, in the Mediterranean world of the first century, slaves were of all rank, all birth, all color because they were slaves of war and occupation and domination. They were non-people. Slaves were called raised things. Sometimes they were referred to in documents as just bodies. That's true. I've read documents. They refer to, we translate it to the slave, and the word there is the Greek word for body. What about, talk about dehumanizing. Jewish philosopher's name won't come to mind at this very moment, talked about we have most people in modern society have an I-it relationship instead of an I-thou relationship because we see people as its. It's. Things. Bodies. Slaves. In other words, yeah, we treat other people like slaves, when we treat them like things of no value or only of value to us. That's not love. That's not respect. He says, I no longer call you slaves, for the slave does not know know what his master is doing. But I call you friends for all that I have heard from my father I've made known to you. All that I have heard from my father I've made known to you. He has made known to these disciples whom he calls friends 
the secret will of the Father which has actually been revealed in Jesus. In other words, I only called it secret, not because he wants to keep it secret. He wants, he wants to make the world know his will. His will is his love shown in Jesus Christ. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 9, 10, starting even at 8. Let me, let me read it real quick. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, or in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. In other words, he's going to bridge the gap. He's going to make up all the difference. If you seem far from the Lord, it's not, you know, it's an old adage, but he has not moved. We have. But if you have a sense of distance, it's, this is telling us that God is always making up the difference, making up the distance. He's footing the bill. He's taking the cost on himself because he loves you. With that kind of love, there's just no competition. The only thing we can do is surrender to it, take it to heart, be eternally grateful, and begin to show it. Show that gratitude by being loving or being the friend that everyone seeks. In fact, this is a mission, you see. This is a mission. Just as Jesus was the mission of the Father to the world, we are the mission of Jesus to the world. We love like no one else on earth. We should be getting the attention of the world by being so different. Friends. Friends to each other. Friends tighter than family. And reaching out to a world that we believe can also be a friend. Abraham Lincoln said, I destroy my enemies by making them my friends. I don't know if Honest Abe knew the Lord. I'd like to think so. I've read quite a bit on it. But those who know the Lord know how to make enemies into friends by being a friend. Being the friend that everyone seeks. Being the friend that we are to Jesus Christ who has loved us and does love us and poured his spirit out on us. What did he say to his disciples? A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another by this. All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's John chapter 13 
verse 34 and 35, which Jesus also shared with his disciples in that upper room. You can preach this stuff, can't you? It's, we know it. It's just, it's there. We know the truth of this. We, we experience in our spirit. There's a witness of the spirit of the truth of this because there's no love like this on earth. We have it. Be the friend everyone seeks. You don't have to do this in your own strength. You have the superpower. You have the Holy Spirit, the resurrection spirit of God in your life. So how do you do this? You do it by faith. We do this by faith, one step at a time. We admit our weakness. We admit our inability. We say, you be my strength, O Lord. You be the love. All you have to do is be aware of him, that you are his friend, child. And we are, as his children, to love as he has loved us. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to sing a closing song. I want to remind you that we'll be standing up here, some from our elders, deacons, pastoral staff, if you'd like to pray for yourself, with us. We want to pray with you. Intercede for someone. Just pray for the Lord's comfort this morning. Whatever it is, we invite you to come. Will you stand with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, We can preach it better than we can practice it. Uh, we get lost in all kinds of things. We lose sight of you, your presence, your power in our lives. We thank you for your word. It arouses us to do the things that you have so graciously done to us and you desire to empower us to do. Thank you, Lord. Be with us today on this uh, Halloween, this All Saints Day, this holy day. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said,